Uh, so glad, oof, so so glad to uh, to be here with you. Uh, open your Bibles to James chapter one. Well, this is a um, very very exciting morning for me. Uh, this morning at seven thirty six in the morning, my grandbaby was born. So yes, yeah, very exciting. Uh, my third one, a little boy. So uh, praise God, praise God. Let's open our Bibles to James. Hopefully you're uh, making your way there. Uh, chapter 1. And if you want a title, it would be Receive the Word. Receive the Word. So let's look at James chapter 1. And verse 21. Okay, everybody there? And here we go. Therefore, putting aside all Filthiness and all that remains of wickedness in humility receive the word implanted which is able to save your souls. Seriously, so there was a, there was a singer, I don't know if any of y'all know, she was a Latin singer, so you might not know about it up here in Connecticut, but she was in Texas, and it was Selena, right? Anybody ever heard of her? Alright, uh, you would, right? There you go. Alright, some good Latin blood here. Um, so, so this is a, this is a holier church than what I thought. You got some Latins in here. That's good. All right. So, uh, this singer was, was actually shot by a fan who was real jealous of her and went and shot her. But the shot was not that bad. Uh, so she was rushed to the hospital and, uh, she, she was bleeding and the, and the blood that she needed to survive and everything that was there. But because she was JW, uh, she would not receive the blood. And so the solution was there, but because she didn't receive it, she died. And there was no reason for her really to have died. They could have easily saved her. Uh, but she didn't receive the blood. So the solution was there, uh, but it, it did her uh, no good. A friend of mine named Chaco from, from India. There you go. All right. Got an Indian here too. This is good. A little bit of mixture. All right. So he's from Kerala, though. All right. So he went to. He was uh, he was over there in India visiting his parents, and he needed to go to the bathroom. And it's not like here that you have it in the house. You have to go outside, right? So he's going to the outhouse, and it's at night, and he got bit by a snake. Suddenly he started to swell up and and ran in, and they rushed him to the hospital. But because it was dark. He didn't see what kind of snake bit him. And so they rush him and, he, and he's starting to, uh, go down. He's swelling up and, and, uh, choking. And they were, uh, looking for antiserums and they started just putting different ones in him. And, uh, they were about to lose him when they finally got the one, right one. It was a cobra that bit him. And they put the antiserum in him. Is that what you call it? Or the, yeah. Okay. And so he, re- his body received the, the serum, right? And uh, he recovered. He recovered. Right? Because he, he received it. So, when we talk about receive, we're talking to take something in. Right? Uh, to, to accept something. When somebody calls you, you, you receive a phone call. Right? And sometimes we say, tell them I'm not here. Right? <laughs> and then the kid says, what, mom? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not here. You don't want to receive the phone call. Right? You don't want to hear what the other person has to say. It's probably a sales pitch. Uh, but, but we receive. 
when I was with the Emmaus Bible College, I was one of their uh, representatives. So they would send me to different towns uh, to, to represent the school. So we were on tour one day, and we were going through our different towns. And we always knew the difference when, when someone wanted us in their home or not. Right? So you're in the house, and, and, and we would say, the, the two, three that were with me, it's like, it's obvious that they didn't want us, right? But they're kind of, somebody kind of made them, and, and so here we are. And so the next day we'd go to McDonald's to eat, <laughs> right? It's like, hmm. But, but when, we always knew when somebody wanted you because the way they received you, right? The way they received you. And, and it's like, uh, what, what a blessing to know that you were, you were received. And so, to, 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 par- to partake in something, to partake in the Lord's Supper, you receive the bread and the wine. You take it in. Right? And it reminds you. So, the, the Word of God said, receive the implanted Word. Now, the Bible is like a mirror that lets us see ourselves as God sees us. So, there's various meta- metaphors in the Bible. The Bible is called the mirror, James 1.23. Fire and hammer... In Jeremiah 23, 29, a lamp, Psalm 119, 105. How many of you all know that by memory? Now, where's the lamp unto thy feet? I learned it in Spanish and English. All right. Uh, it's water, Ephesians 5, 26. It's a two-edged sword in Hebrews 5, 4, 12. Uh, it's a seed in 1 Peter 1, 23. It's food in Job 23, 12. And it's milk in 1 Peter 2, 2. The Word of God reveals... It consumes, it breaks, it illuminates, it purifies, it convicts, it regenerates, it satisfies, and it nourishes the believer. It is not enough to know the Word of God. We need to obey it. So having said that, there's four things you need to know as I continue a conviction that hopefully you have about the Word of God. Number one, it's inspired. It's inspired. What we mean by that is that God breathed life into the book. When I open the Word of God, it's not like opening a good book. I have a lot of good books that I love. In fact, my wife gave me a book about a couple of weeks back, and I told her, man, honey, this book is awesome. I love it. What a blessed book, and it's helping me in my own Christian walk. I said, thanks for giving that to me. She said, I found that at a thrift store for a buck. I said, wow. Well, what a blessing, right? We're thrift store experts. you want to know anything about that, talk to me about it, right? I'll show you how to thrift, right? So, but, but the thing is that it's a good book and I have a lot of good books in my, in my library, right? In my, in my, in my shelves. Great books, but it's not the Word of God. The, the Word of God is not something man made up. Uh, it's, it's God breathed. God took a man and as the man was sitting there and, and moving his pen, the Holy Spirit was telling him what to say and what to do. Alright? Uh, there was a, there was a movie and, and I just went blank on the name of the movie, but, had to do with uh, a ship in the 1800s, and uh, the captain and and they were going to the Gal- Galapagos Islands. Anybody remember the name of that one? Huh? All right. Anyway, here we go. Here we go. So so during that journey, they got caught at a time where where the ship, of course, no motors back then, right? They were, they were sail with sails, right? Wind driven. The ship was absolutely stopped, and there was nothing they could do about it because the wind wasn't blowing. So the guys are sitting there twiddling the thumbs, you know, scrubbing the deck and, and trying to find something to do. They could do nothing. Now, the, the, and then suddenly the wind picks up and they get all excited. They open the cells 
And now the, the, the ship needs sailors to, to open the sails and do things. But without the wind, it, it does nothing. And so that's the idea of First Peter where it says that the word, uh, the word of God is inspired by the Holy Spirit. It means that the Holy Spirit drove and, and guided everywhere, every word uh, that, that, God, that the Holy Spirit wanted for us to have. So, so when I open the Word of God, I, it's inspired. Not just like any other book. It, it'll, it'll, it'll powerfully transform your life. Right? And the first thing that happens as we start to advance in our Christian life is that we put the book down. And we take a peek at it once in a while. And the Word of God has just said, receive the implanted Word. So the Word of God is not only inspired, but I say this with deep conviction, it's an errant. That is, it doesn't contain any errors. We believe that in the original, God, God inspired the Word of God and guided the, those men to write down the very words of God, and those words do not have error. What do we mean by that? What do you mean by that? That when God says something, of, uh, for example, uh, about science, even though it's not a science book, but when it does say something, it's true. So, Isaiah says that the world was round. Well, back then they were saying that the world was flat. Alright? So the Word of God was not wrong, was it? It was right. It's not a science book. When it does say something about science, it's correct. By the way, science doesn't dictate the Word of God. The Word of God dictates science. If science doesn't match up with the Word of God, science is wrong and not the Word of God. Alright? There's too much of, well, what does science say? I don't care what science, what does the Word of God say? And if science can't match up, guess who's wrong? Science is wrong. And so I'm, I'm, I'm talking to this scientist, and, and I just can't, I can't make that connection with, with the stars uh, being, being millions of miles away. And then you said that God just created. Science doesn't match up, so, so what? God spoke and it was done. Forget your science. Believe in the Lord Jesus. And so, so the Word of God then is, is always correct. When it says anything about morality, man is lost in sin and needs a Savior. And so guess what? God is right. If you, if you take of, of that fruit, you're going to die. Guess what? There's death. There's going to be a funeral here in a little while. You know? And so when God says anything about morality and the need of salvation and, and that we're, we are, there's no good in us, we're, we're lost sinners, God's Word is always correct. And so when someone comes along and we're not that bad, just do good and you'll get to heaven. That's not true. The Word of God dictates morality. Right? It's inerrant in what it says. It doesn't make mistakes. It's true. As the Bible itself says in Romans, let all men be liars and God be true. Right? And so when it says anything historically, you know, we went up to Jerusalem and King David you know, did this and that. That's history. And whatever it says in history, it's true. And I can trust it. It doesn't lie. And so uh, the Bible then cannot be contradicted or, or, or proven in any way, shape or form to be wrong when it says something historically. And so, so when we say that the Word of God is inerrant, that means that whenever it says something, I can trust it because it's true. It doesn't contain error. And we're in dangerous ground when you start saying it contains error. And, and furthermore, the, the Word of God, uh, when, when it says something, for example, in Genesis, uh, that there was um, 
He created the heavens and the earth. There was Adam and Eve. And there was a worldwide flood. It is not an allegory. And it's not made up stories. It's true little history that, that God revealed to us. And that's the truth. Right? So, so you need to understand that, that uh, at least when, when, when I approach the Word of God, this is the inspired Word of God. It's not man-made. Though God used the man, but the man wrote exactly what the Holy Spirit wanted to be written. It's inerrant. And because it's inspired and inerrant, then that tells me a third thing, that it's authoritative. That the Word of God dictates uh, my decision making. It, it, it's a guide in my life. That Word is a lamp unto my feet. It guides me. It tells me how to make decisions, how to think. It's the authority of my life. I'll, I'll put it to you this way. Uh, this girl, she was a, she was a, a teenager. Uh, well, actually, yeah, she was still a teen. She got saved because uh, her friend witnessed to her. And as her friend witnessed to her, she came to Christ. She started discipling her and she says, listen, uh, you need to leave the boyfriend. She was shacking up. But I love him. And they, so they actually got into an argument. I don't want to because I love him. And how can I do this? So they went to meet with an elder, right? They said, well, here's the dilemma. What do we do? And he tells her this. You need to decide right now who is the authority of your life. Is the word of God going to be the authority by which you live and you make decisions or not? Got on the phone. Hey, you're moving out right now. From now on, the Word of God is the authority of my life. Boom, hang up, he was out. So the Word of God then is authoritative. It's authoritative. Uh, I'll give it to you another way. When, when my parents, uh, before they came to know the Lord, they were very idolatrous. They worshipped idols and saints and things. Uh, then someone brought the gospel. They heard the gospel. They trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ. And the first thing they did, they went right to my grandmother's parents' house and the relatives that were there. And they said, from now on, we don't bow to Mary. We don't bow to idols. We don't worship anything else but Jesus Christ and Him alone. And they never have looked back. Because the authoritative Word of God tells me that Jesus is the only one that we worship and that we bow down to. So, the the Word of God then is inspired by God. It's inerrant. And it's authoritative, and which leads us to the third point. That is this, that it's sufficient. It's sufficient, right? And, and so when, when, when a couple meets, we're having issues. We're going to be talking about that next week, right? We're having issues. And, you know, and, and I can recommend you this book and that book, but it ultimately comes down to this, that you don't want to do what the Word of God says. Uh, it, it's not sufficient, so you're looking for something else or... Uh, does the word of God say, love your wife? Yes or no? Yes. Then go love your wife. Go love your wife. Right? Because it's sufficient. If you do what God says, it's sufficient uh, for, for faith and for daily living. And so that's the word of God. So when the word of God itself says, receive the implanted word, that's what it's saying. That's what it's saying that. That, that when you're saying to receive, you're going to receive the inspired, inerrant, authoritative, sufficient Word of God into your life. Alright, so let, let's continue. This study is actually about an hour and a half long, but I'm squeezing it down to, what do I have? 45 minutes or something like that? Right? Okay. 
So I'm going to cut out a bunch of notes and we're going to go to, uh, try to, try to shorten it a little bit. Alright. So, no, notice the text then. James chapter 1 and verse 21. Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness in humility, receive the word implanted, the implanted word of God, which is able to save your soul. All right. So to receive then, we said, is to, to receive like a glass of water. Uh, it's there. You're dying of thirst. But unless you receive it, it's not going to help you. Right, so, so we receive the word. And second word we see here is implanted. All right? Implanted. So, uh, right now, I have a little tomato in a little uh, cup thing, right? It's about this big. But unless I uh, dig the dirt and put that little thing and, 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 the, and the ground receives it and I cover it up, that little plant is going to die. I can water it, do what I want, but it needs to be uh, implanted into the ground. And so, what does that tell us again? That our hearts, our, our lives, are like soil that when you read the Word of God that's been implanted into your life by the Holy Spirit, you need to receive uh, its precepts. You need to receive what it says into your life. The implanted Word. Uh, it could also be like surgery where to graft tissue into the body. My, my, my mother uh, broke her leg. Let me tell you how it happened. Um, we're still scratching our head, right? But my dad's outside on a uh, plank working on the outside of the house, right? Like a scaffolding thing. And she calls my mom, hey, honey, I need to come out here and hold something for me. So they both get on this thing. Mind you, mom is 75. That was quite a few years back. Now they're in their 80s. Mom is 75 at the time. Dad is 77. <laughs> they're out there. All of a sudden, the plank breaks. And so my mom hits the ground and the bone shattered, broke through the skin. It was a mess. All right. So she had to have emergency surgery. They had to pull the bone back and reconstruct it, put bolts and things. Okay. Uh, like a week later, it got infected. Right. And so they had to, you know, do all these treatments. Two weeks later, it got infected again to where it was like a balloon. And when the doctor cut, all this stuff shot out. It's like, ooh. All right, so what they had to do then was go in there and pull the bolts out, right? By this time, the bone was kind of separated, so I had to pull the bolts, get them out, because they were saying that that was the issue, right? And they had to uh, scrape the bone and all the infection and all the stuff, right? So she was this close to losing her leg, right? And so what they had to do then was cut a piece of skin and, and engraft it. So they had to isolate it for several weeks, and they had to engraft it. And then the, the body has to receive the, the, the engrafted piece of skin. And she, she cried bloody murder. It was horrible, she said, right? Okay, so, but it did receive it. And she, she was able to walk again, right? So, so that's what the Word of God is saying. The, the Word of God has been implanted by the Holy Spirit into your life. But you need to receive the, the implanted Word of God in your life. Alright? So, uh, how do we do that? Well, he says right there. Here's what we mean. Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness in 
Humility received the word implanted. Uh, when we read the word of God, we have to humbly receive what it says and make it part of our lives. All right? Now, let, let, let's, let's continue. Then I'm going to backtrack a little bit. Notice, which is able to save your souls. Okay, now, what does that mean? What does that mean? Well, we know he's talking to Christians because he already said, for example, in verse 16, uh, 18, in the exercise of his will, he brought us forth by the word of truth so that we might be, as it were, the first fruits among his creatures. So by, the, by his will, he brought us into salvation is what it's saying. And then to further prove it, verse 19, this you know, my beloved brethren. Right? So he's calling them Christians. Brethren. He's addressing believers. Right? So if he's addressing believers, why does it say that it's able to save your soul? Alright? So, let, let, let's see if we can bring some light into, into this, into this thought. Okay? A friend of mine calls me up. He said, Ray, I gotta talk to you. So he comes. He goes, I'm like a prodigal. I want to come back. What do I have to do? What do I have to do? I said, receive the implanted word. What do you mean? I said, okay, this is what you're going to do. You are going to call your five boys and you're going to tell them, uh, boys, uh, I, I am sorry and I repent that I didn't bring you up in church and I never told you the gospel. And I'm going to, you're going to give them the gospel and tell them that they need to repent and be saved. And after you do that, you're going to call your wife, who you divorced, and you're going to say, I'm sorry for what I did. And you're going to start praying that God will restore uh, your marriage and that will bring your family back together. Uh, you say you're a particle that want to come back? Receive the word of God. That's what you need to do. He never talked to me again. But wait, 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 wait a minute. Jesus is getting a little personal there, isn't he? Now... He wants to get into my private life, and, and, uh, and so, so uh, I don't want to receive that, take that woman back. Okay, well, you said you're a particle. You want to come back? Are you going to receive the implanted word or not? Well, he's getting too personal. Don't get. It. I want God's blessings. I want him his salvation. I want his forgiveness. I, I, I want work, and I want uh, cars, and I want things. But but don't get too personal. You, you're digging in, man. Hang on, Jesus. You're invading too much. Uh, you're asking too much. You're getting too personal with me. So just bless me, but, but don't dig into those points. And, and so, so he walked away. Okay, what happened, prodigal? I thought you were coming back. You see, uh, to, to, to receive the implanted word means that you put aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness. means that in light of the word of God, you look at your life and you say, God, I want to receive the implanted word. Uh, what, what say thee about this? Should I go there? Should I not? Let me give you another illustration. I've sat down with innumerable amount of, of young men and young women who are in love, listen now, who are in love, uh, and, and the first question I ask is, do they know the Lord? Oh, they, you know, they go to church and they're good and, and they're, oh, you don't know, but what a great man. I said, that's not my question. 
I didn't ask you how great they were. I said, do they know the Lord? Well, you know, but they pray and, and they're very. That's not what I am. You know what I'm asking? See, because they call me, will, will you marry us? And I, uh, no. No, because uh, you are not receiving the implanted where you're going against what the Word of God says. And, you know, do I need to tell you that, that many of them are crying now because they made that choice? They, they reject the word of God. Uh, you know, I, I want, uh, again, I, I want God to bless me and I want to praise him and it feels good. I'm saved. But, but, but don't make, don't tell me what to think, God, when it comes to this. And, and so, we, 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 um, we, we're not receiving the word of God because, uh, uh, in certain ways, uh, only to a certain point, because when you're, when you're talking about my feelings and what I think and what I want and I'm in love, uh, the Word of God gets pushed aside. And so when it says that if you receive the implanted Word, it's able to save your soul. It's able to save your soul from making a lot of mistakes that have come back and damage you. And how many of us right now are not reeling because of choices that we made that went against the Word of God because we wouldn't receive what God had for us? Right? I shouldn't have gone into partnership with that guy. I knew he wasn't a Christian, but, but I wanted to start a business. But the Word of God said not to do it. And then I lost everything. And, and, I, and I knew I shouldn't have gotten married with that dude. And I knew he had a drinking problem, but I was in love. And, and there you go. Now, now you're married to a drunk. And, and, and so all of these decisions that we're making that, that are reflecting the, 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 the reality is that we're not receiving the Word of God in humility. And so what is the Word of God saying? God, here I am. You saved me. You're my Lord. You're my God. And this is your inspired Word that has authority and power. It's sufficient for my life. What do I do? What decisions do I make? Who do I marry? What job do I take? What do I do in my life? You are going to be the guiding principle in my life. Not my feelings and not what I think or want. And so it's able to save your soul from making a lot of mistakes that you're going to regret down the line. You see? And that's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. So, therefore putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness, in humility receive the word implanted which is able to save your soul. All right, now, the Word of God has not been truly received until it has been put into practice. We can hear it all our lives, but when it leads to doing, then it accomplishes its, its purpose. Luke eleven twenty eight put it this way, Blessed are those who hear the Word of God and keep it. And keep it. That is, you live by its precepts. So notice then, the way it flows in verse 22, but prove yourself doer of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. And how many believers grew up hearing the word of God but have not practiced it and lived it, have not received the implanted word and, and uh, so that it will save your soul from a lot of things. So it comes down to this. Can I trust the word of God? Is the precepts, the, the thoughts that you have in your word, 
Is it good? Is it good? Are, are, are you a killjoy guy? Are, are you restricting me? Are you going to make my life miserable if I live a holy life? Or can I read the word of God, believe what it says, and know that you're going to bless me because I'm doing it? To, to give you another example, I told the guy, um, you grew up hearing the word of God. Why are you so rebellious against it? He goes, well, right. My dad would hear the sermons, go home, and start cursing to my mom, cursing my mom. And he was mean, and he would do other things. So, why should I believe it? Why should I believe it? Zacchaeus, when he received the Lord, here's what he said, I'm going to give half of my possessions to the poor and pay back those who I, stole, who, who I stole from. He received the Lord and the Word. Lord, uh, save me. I believe you. He was saved. And now I'm going to do what you would want me to do as a born-again believer. I'm going to make it right. Everybody that I hurt and I stole from, I'm going to call them up and I'm going to give it back. See, that's receiving the Word. That's receiving the Word. <laughs> Calvin put it this way, obedience to the Word of God is the mother of true knowledge of God. Alright, so then he goes on to, to another example. Alright, he said, if, if, if you're not proving yourself a doer, you're deluding yourself. Verse 23, if anyone is a hearer of the Word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at, the, at, his, at his natural face in a mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. And so, all of you have mirrors at home. Am I not correct? Right? How many of y'all used it this morning? I did. And when I looked at it, I said, ooh, I better shave, you know. I better look right. My wife said, you better look right when you're going to present the Word of God. And, and if I don't shave, she'll, she'll yell at me, right? You got to look right. Okay, all right. So, you know, there you go. All right. Okay, so, so when I look at it, it says, you got something there and fix it, right? And so I, I, I remember... Um, this, this friend of ours is, is sitting there with a, pulls out this case with all this stuff and she goes to work, right? 45 minutes later, we said, keep going. You're not there yet. So keep going, right? Uh, and so the, the, the mirror, it, it shows you what needs to be corrected. And so the Word of God is a mirror. When you read it, it, it addresses certain things. And so... Um, the benefits are, 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 are great because, see, we have a lot of what we call SMOs. You know what SMOs are, right? SMOs, Sunday morning only, right? Who come to church for years, yet do nothing for the Lord, make no effort to change bad habits, to control anger, to tame pride. So that's why he says, uh, for, for example, in verse 19, And this you know, my brethren, but let everyone be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Alright? Now, what I love about this area is that some of you, so many of the buildings are so old. Right? And, and what, I, what I appreciate about the architecture is all symmetrical. Have you noticed how much of it is? Right? Pretty symmetrical. You know what I mean by that, right? Two windows on this side, two windows on this side, one door in the middle. Right? Symmetrical. Okay? And so, uh, that, that's, that, that's so, so neat to, to, to see that. Right? And... Um, so, so, 
I, and, I, and I forgot what, <laughs> the point of that illustration. There's, I had a point, but it went away. All right. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Okay. So, when God made us, you look at yourself in the mirror, and you have two ears, right, two ears, and one mouth. Now, my problem growing up was this one worked more than these. That's what my problem is, right? And if you're Latin, that's the best, you know, you know that's true, right? We talk more and we listen less, right? Everybody expresses themselves at the same time. Nobody listens to anybody, right? And so what the Bible says is this. Uh, uh, you need to listen twice as much as you speak. That's why you have two ears, to listen more than you speak, right? And if you listen more than you speak, then you're going to control your anger, Right? That's why he says, quick to hear, slow to speak, and notice the last thing, slow to anger. Slow to anger. It's another way to receive the implanted word. Alright? So, notice then, verse 24 and 25 are kind of like a comparison. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, and has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. So in the illustration, the Word of God, when you hear it preached or when you read it, and, and it shows you what kind of person you are, and then it shows you what kind of person God wants you to become, then you, you, you start to, uh, to, to, to practice those precepts. But you're not supposed to be a forgetter, right? Now, verse 25, notice, But the one who looks intently at the perfect law... The perfect law is the word of God. The law of liberty and abides by it, not having become a, a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man shall be blessed in what he does. So I want you to notice then that the word of God calls itself the perfect law. And the believer is supposed to look intently into the perfect law. Now, perfection doesn't need to be changed or improved. So what you're supposed to do is look at God's Word and you say, this is the perfect Word of God. It doesn't need improvement. It doesn't need updating. It doesn't need to be changed. I need to see what it says. And I look, at, look intently into what it says. And then notice the second thing. So you look intently into the law that doesn't need improvement, but I need to look at what it says. And then secondly, it's the law of liberty. Now, how many of y'all grew up like me thinking, man, it's... Uh, uh, being a, a, a real Christian, you have to give up too much, right? And to make matters worse, when I was young, I was 14, I told the elders of my church, I'm going to get baptized. The guy pulls me into a room. Well, from now on, you can't play sports. You can't watch movies. You can't do this. You can't do this. I was like, what? and I'm like, oh my, word, what am I getting into? I just wanted to get baptized, you know? See, that's not what the Word of God teaches. And that threw me for a loop for years. Like, oh my goodness, to be a true Christian, you can't do anything. That's not true. Notice it calls itself the law of liberty. You are free to live a life of Christ. You are free to say no to sin and to those controlling habits. You are free in God, as you look intently into His Word, to break those habits that dominate you for so many years. Right? But my concept, because of Wrong teaching was that to, to, to look into the Word of God and to, and to really live by it, you have to give everything up. 
You can't do anything. Everything's wrong. You live like a monk and just look forward, right? And I was like scared to death. That's not what the Word of God uh, says. But it's actually the law of liberty. God's Word is tried and true, perfect in all it says. So when we do what it says and believe it, then you will be truly free. Free from sin's control, free to make wise decisions, and to live pure, unselfish life that He wants for us. For us. Okay, am I supposed to end now? Yes? You want 15 more minutes? Y'all look tired. Five more minutes and we'll quit. You, you look too tired. Yeah. All right. So, so, so let me let me let me let me put it this way. Uh, the, the 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 concepts that we heard have of the Word of God are 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 often distorted, and, and you can see how it affected me, right? Having been put into a room with that guy that told me everything. I still got baptized, right? But um, I, I was scared to death. I'm like, oh my goodness, God, how in the world can I please you? I think I can't do this and I can't do that. And, you know, it was like, oh my goodness, everything's sin, everything's wrong. That's not true. That's not true. We have, we have freedom in Christ, but the power in Christ to live his life and to live a joyful life and to enjoy life without having to sin. And you have the power, as you read the Word of God, through the Holy Spirit, to say no. Right? So, for example, let's just go to, to, to a perfect example. Everybody watches movies. I do too, right? Don't say you don't. Right? Everybody does these days. And, and I enjoy some shows. And if I don't, my daughter begs me until I see one with her. Right? My, my younger daughter. She loves shows. Come on, Dad, take me out. Take, she pulls out this, you haven't done a dad-daughter thing with me. Like, okay, you want to see a movie, which one? Now, let's go, right? And so, um, we, we, we have, but, but I realize in my own life, as I read the Word of God, that, that certain movies I can't watch. They would destroy me spiritually. So I have to put limits in what I watch. And I'm like, well, what kind of movie? What's it about? And I have to be real careful because I know what's going to stumble me. So I have freedom in Christ to say, uh, there's a movie, but I choose not to see it because I think it's going to stumble me. And I want to receive the implanted word and put away all filthiness. And so I am going to say no to that one, but I will see this one because this one won't affect me. Right? And so you know what your trigger points are. And God gives you the wisdom as you read the word of God through the Holy Spirit to, to, and that freedom to be able to say, I'm not going to go there. Why? Is it sin? Well, it is for me. It's going to stumble me. So, so I'm not going to go, but, but it's, it's the law of liberty. You're free to live the life of Christ. You're, you're free to go to bed in peace because you know that God gave you victory that day because you obeyed his word. And, and you, you can sleep in peace without your conscience bothering you. Right? And so, so I know already where not to go. Right? I have a friend that had problem drinking. And so when he saw a bar, he would go two blocks around and four blocks that way just so he wouldn't see it because he knew that he was weak in that area. And so we have, we have that, that power and that freedom to, to have victory and, and to stay away from those points that we know that, that are going to stumble us in our Christian walk. 
Right? And why do we do that? Because we're receiving His Word daily. Right? And so, you, you look into the, intently into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and notice, then you abide by it. I, I want to live according to your precepts, to your principles, because every time you say something, God, is true, you never lie. God never lies. Everything He says always is true, and I've tested Him in this. Maybe I shouldn't know, but, but I said, Lord, I'm going to believe you and what you say in your word. And, and when I started obeying the word of God and living by it, uh, I found that it was true. God didn't lie in anything he says. And there, even when he said there's consequences to when you rebelliously go and commit a sin, there's going to be consequences. You know what? You're true. And even, even in that, you're true. Right? Because I am uh, living some of the consequences, some of the choices I did because I didn't want to receive the word of God in certain areas. So, so, the one that looks intently into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, you are doing the word of God. This man shall be blessed in what he does. Now, every one of you always says, God bless me. Am I right? I want to be blessed, God. And what does God say? You want me to bless you? What are you going to do? You're going to receive the implanted word which is able to save your soul. So you want me to bless you? Receive my word. You want me to bless you? Put away all filthiness and all unrighteousness. You want me to bless you? Listen more, talk less. You want me to bless you? Put away that anger. Sin not. You want me to bless you? Do what I say and you're going to be blessed. And I can say 43 years being saved, that is true. When, when I do what God says, I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed. I'm the beneficiary of of the blessing when I humbly receive the implanted word and practice it. I I can tell you right now, there's nothing but blessing comes with that. Right? So the Bible says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. Well, have you received that initial truth? Repent and believe the gospel. Have you, have you received that? Then once you get saved, there's a second reception. Now I receive your word as the standard of my life, as the authority of my life. That implanted word. Right? Amen. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your word that, that it is in, indeed inspired, inerrant, authoritative, and sufficient. And help us, Lord, to receive the implanted word because it will save our souls from much pain. Praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for having me.